Welcome to Aging Together, a podcast dedicated to exploring the challenges and opportunities of caring for our aging loved ones. This podcast is a product of Caregiver Consulting and Healthy Solutions, a private consulting practice dedicated to helping you navigate the aging process with ease. Together, we will dive into a wide range of topics, including health and wellness, financial planning, caregiving, and more. This podcast is for everyone, whether you are an older adult looking to age in place, a caregiver seeking support and guidance, a young or middle-aged adult planning for the future, or simply someone interested in learning more about the aging process. I hope you'll join me on this journey. Let's navigate aging together. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Pooja, and you're listening to Aging Together. August is Immunizations Awareness Month, or in other terms, we're talking about vaccines. In today's episode, I'm speaking with a pharmacist about all things vaccines and what older adults need to know. Amisha Patel Pandit is a medical information specialist pharmacist for a global contract research organization called PPD, a part of Thermo Fisher. Her main role involves responding to unsolicited inquiries from consumers and other medical providers in reference to pharmaceutical or device products. Amisha has a Doctor of Pharmacy from the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy in Philadelphia. Her experiences include seven years in retail pharmacy, a few short stints in consulting, and academia. Currently, she works remotely from Jacksonville, Florida. Today, we're taking a dive into immunizations for adults and older adults. Please join me in welcoming Amisha to the show. Amisha, thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me today. All right. So full disclosure to my listeners, Amisha is one of my best friends, and we've known each other for almost 12 years now. We went to college together for six years, and the rest is history. So this will hopefully truly feel like we're sitting in a room just having a normal conversation because, yes, we geek out over healthcare stuff when we're together. (laughs) And I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) So first things first, it's Immunization Awareness Month. What are immunizations and why are they important? So in simple terms, immunizations are vaccines. Um, So vaccination is a simple, safe, and effective way of protecting you against harmful diseases before you come into contact with them. Vaccines use your body's natural defenses to help build resistance to the specific infections and make your immune system stronger. So when you get a vaccine, your immune system recognizes the invading germs, as we call it. It produces antibodies and then remembers the disease and how to fight it. So if you're exposed to the germ in the future, your immune system can quickly destroy it before you become unwell. Our immune systems are designed to remember. Once exposed to one or more doses of a vaccine, we typically remain protected against a disease for years or even decades. This is what makes vaccines so effective. Rather than treating a disease after it occurs, vaccines prevent us in the first instance from getting sick. Two key reasons to get vaccinated are to protect ourselves and to protect those around us. Because not everyone can be vaccinated, they depend on others being vaccinated to ensure they are also safe from vaccine-preventable diseases. I love how you simplified that to make everybody understand it better. (laughs) Yeah, it's really hard to put it into layman's terms, so (laughs) I tried my best. (laughs) You mentioned that not everyone can be vaccinated, which is, and they're the ones who depend on others being vaccinated. So what is like one or two reasons why somebody could not be vaccinated? 
Yeah. So it comes down to, you know, if they're immunocompromised, meaning they just have some kind of autoimmune disease where their body can't fight strong enough or, you know, they're more prone to getting sick. So they rely on us, the community, to be vaccinated. And another example is little kids. There's certain milestones that they have to hit in order to get certain vaccines. So if you have little kids or, you know, women who are pregnant who are going to have little kids and babies, basically, you know, before six months, sometimes they have their like four four-month vaccines and then, but it is harder. So to keep them safe because they can get a lot of sickness and I know little babies are balls of germs too. So, (laughs) uh, you know, to prevent the elderly from getting sick from these kids as well. So (laughs) yeah, for sure. Kids are definitely full of germs. In that same line of thought, what are some key myths and facts related to immunizations? I'm thinking like, you know, we've heard for years the busted study of how flu vaccines can lead to autism, and it's been torn down by science over and over again that that's not true. Can you talk to me a little bit about that? Yeah, so definitely over the years, the safety of vaccinations has heavily been debated. One of the biggest issues of debate was regarding the possible link between autism and thimerosal, a mercury preservative that was found in vaccines, and particularly it was the measles, mumps, rubella, or commonly known as the MMR vaccine. The Institute of Medicine actually conducted a thorough review on this possible link, and the final report released in May of 2004 stated that there was no link found between MMR vaccine and autism. Although thimerosal is no longer found in childhood vaccines, some parents still have concerns about vaccinations, and patient education is key to easing those fears and concerns. In the February 2009 issue of Clinical Infectious Diseases, results from a new review report report that there's no link that exists between vaccines and autism. It's definitely safe, and if people want to do more research on it, there are journals and publications, especially the Institute of Medicine and the Clinical Infectious Diseases, who can elaborate more on this link and how it was kind of busted. And then the other one is, can vaccines cause the disease? Some say the majority of people who get the disease have been vaccinated. I know there's like a big myth around that too, because people are like, oh, well, if I get the vaccine, I'm going to get the disease. And that's not the case. So it's another argument frequently found in the anti-vaccine literature. It basically implies vaccines are not effective. However, no vaccine is 100% effective. To make vaccines safer than the disease, the bacteria or virus is killed or weakened. So you can't get the disease from a killed or weakened virus, basically. But what happens is not all vaccinated persons develop immunity as each individual's body reacts differently. So most routine childhood vaccines are effective for 85 to 95% of recipients. And then What happens is it does take two weeks for the vaccine to kick in. So if you've already had the virus or in your body around that time that you got the vaccination, you might feel like that the vaccine gave you those symptoms, but it's just because it was you were already exposed to it prior to getting the vaccination. So it's not a direct link. Thank you. So Going into kind of now different types of immunizations and vaccines, what are the most common or highly recommended immunizations or vaccines for older adults? Like at what age and how frequently? Kind of run down that list for me. 
Yeah, sure. So this one's going to be a lengthy one, so bear with me here. I'm going to start with the most common one that everybody probably hears about every year, and it's the flu vaccine. Everyone aged six months and older should get an annual flu vaccine, but the protection from a flu vaccine can lessen with time, especially in older adults. Ideally, you should get your vaccine by the end of October each year, so you're protected when flu season starts. It takes at least two weeks for the vaccine to be effective. However, if you don't get the vaccine by the end of October, it's not too late. Flu season typically peaks in about December or January. So as long as the flu virus is spreading, getting vaccinated will help protect you. There are flu vaccines designed specifically for older adults. So the CDC, which is the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, recommends that people age 65 and older receive a higher dose flu vaccine or an adjuvant flu vaccine, as it's called. There's two different types that help create a stronger immune response and are potentially more effective than the standard vaccine for people in this age group. Basically, an elderly person over 65 can ask their pharmacist or their doctor for that higher dose flu vaccine. The next one and uh, more popular, again, more recently as well, would be the COVID-19 vaccine. Older adults are more likely than younger people to get very sick from COVID-19. And the CDC recommends that older adults stay up to date with the COVID-19 vaccines, including booster shots. So no specific age range for that one, but, you know, just staying up to date, having that conversation with your pharmacist and your doctor about which shot is most appropriate. And then pneumonia is a very important vaccine as well. This one's recommended that all adults aged 65 and older get a pneumococcal vaccination. Since there are multiple forms of the pneumonia vaccine, it's best to talk to a healthcare provider to find out which is best for you. I know there have been some that have come out more recently and they protect against different strains. So a pharmacist or your doctor can help decide which one is the best one to get for these adults age 65 and older. And then another one is the shingles vaccine. The shingles is caused by the same virus as the chickenpox. So as you get older, the virus can become active again and cause something called shingles. So healthy adults age 50 and older should get vaccinated with the shingles vaccine. That vaccine is named Shingrix, and it's given in two doses. You should get a shingles vaccine even if you've already had the chickenpox, the chickenpox vaccine, or don't remember whether you have had chickenpox. You should also get the shingles vaccine if you've already had shingles or received the older Zostavax vaccine. However, you should not get a vaccine if you currently have shingles, are sick or have a fever, have a weakened immune system, or have had an allergic reaction to that Shingrix. Again, these are just some pointers. This is definitely a conversation that needs to be had with the provider. And then last but not least, the tetanus, diphtheria, and pertussis vaccine called Tdap. So most people get vaccinated as children, but you also need booster shots as you get older to stay protected. The CDC recommends that adults get a Tdap or TD booster shot every 10 years. So depending on comorbidities and other healthcare conditions you may have, providers may recommend other vaccines, but these are the most common vaccines important for older adults. You know, it's crazy because I feel like some of this stuff, even us working in healthcare don't always know just because like, I don't know, I feel like when you're a healthcare provider, you're like your worst you're the worst patient, right? Like <laughs> for sure. are the worst patient. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> I remember I didn't realize that Tdap needed to be boosted every 10 years until yeah. when I was doing travel therapy and I had to provide updated immunizations every year for like yeah. onboarding. And one of them was like, hey, you need a Tdap booster. And I was like, what do you mean? 
And she's like, you're supposed to get a TDAP booster every 10 years. And right. you only had him as a kid. So, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah. now I know. Yeah. Um, but it's not something that routinely gets checked. It's never in routine conversations with your primary care provider either. Yeah, it's a big thing because I guess unless you work in a healthcare field that might require you to have that, the TD or the TDAP as it's known, it wouldn't come up. And some doctors may forget because it's an every 10 year thing. So it's so long in between getting those shots. And so, yeah, if you don't know, you might not remember to ask like your provider or keep track, right? Like, I don't remember the last time I got it either. And I'm sure un- until I get another job, maybe that would require me to think about getting this, like, I'm going to forget that I even need to get this. Even like us, like, you know, young folk, it, it doesn't matter, like for the age wise, like it's just recommended every 10 years to stay on top of it. But if you don't have to get it, of course, you would easily forget about it because it's not one of the ones, the more common ones that people think about, but it's a very important one, especially for, I will say, coming back to the elderly because of the pertussis, like the whooping cough. So definitely recommend that, you know, back in the retail world, that was something we definitely kept up with because we had always those reminders or, you know, the age of our patients and be like, hey, when's the last time you had it? So we could bring that up or every now and then our company would have it's like Tdap month or, you know, we're going to try to get Tdap vaccines. Like, you know, so you try to go and ask your patients, are you up to date? When's the last time you got it? So opening up that conversation. But like you said, I mean, sometimes your healthcare providers, your doctors might not even remember or think to ask you about it. Just depending. I mean, I know they're busy, but it's something on us to take care of for ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. I also wanted to point out when you spoke about the retail pharmacist, usually do a good job of like checking in and Mm -hmm. keeping up with it. So I know you said pneumonia vaccines are typically recommended for adults over 65. And I just wanted to point out, so I'm 30. And recently, my pharmacist recommended the pneumonia vaccine for me because I have asthma and I'm on steroid inhalers. And so I just wanted to point that out too. like some people might be recommended for some of these vaccines a lot sooner than is average. And it's purely due to like what your underlying healthcare issues are and what's recommended by your own physician. Right. And that's exactly why I added the end, like depending on other comorbidities or other um, health conditions, because yes, exactly. So if we're um, taking a step away from the older adult, yeah, there are certain conditions that even if you're not 65, especially like the asthma or any kind of lung condition like COPD, anything that affects your lungs and certain other conditions as well that I could go on and on about these, but um, (laughs) it doesn't mean that you have to wait until you're 65. There are certain times that you may have to get it earlier. You know, like some people who are smokers may have to get the pneumonia vaccine again because it's affecting the lungs. So a very great point. So definitely great for bringing that up. So for anybody else who's listening, that's not an older adult. (laughs) Definitely make sure (laughs) to talk about your comorbidities as we call them with your providers and, and you're like, The local pharmacist, I'm glad she brought that up to you. You know, it is recommend that you get it because it's going to keep you healthy and safe for years to come. (laughs) I know. Well, I had never heard about it and I immediately texted you and I was like, oh, why am I being recommended for this? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I know that threw you off, but trust me, she's not doing anything wrong. (laughs) No, I believe that. I was just curious. Yeah. Okay, so if an older adult was interested in getting their immunizations or being kind of up to date on them, what are their options? And similarly, for those who are hesitant, 
who should they be discussing their concerns and options with? Sure. Full circle again. So basically, it's become easier to get vaccines. As many of the vaccines for older adults are available at doctor's offices, even the health department, a community health clinic, some workplaces, and uh, local pharmacies. Coming back to your great community retail pharmacists. So you don't need to worry about making an appointment to go to your doctor's office to receive your vaccinations. For example, most pharmacies just let you walk in or call ahead to make an appointment and receive your vaccination the same day. However, before getting any vaccine, we always recommend speaking with your doctor or pharmacist about your health history, including past illnesses and treatments, as well as any allergies. So any healthcare provider can address any concerns that you have, but as most people may know, pharmacists are basically an easily accessible healthcare provider and they're there. And if you have a good relationship and you've been going there for a long time or you tell them your history, they can definitely help you make a very good decision. And, you know, that's not to say that other doctors cannot, but I know doctors are very busy and it's sometimes hard to get your doctor on the line. I've had many people when I used to work in retail come and tell me, hey, like, you know, I have a question. Can you answer this for me? Can you give me this vaccine? Like I couldn't get an appointment with my doctor's office or I don't want to go to the doctor's office. This is just so much quicker. Most of the time they'll have you in and out within less than half an hour if all goes well. I stress the importance of having that conversation still with your healthcare providers and making sure all your providers know what's going on. So just keep everybody updated with your health history, basically. Yeah, I feel like it would be a lot easier to keep track of all the different shots you've had if there was like a centralized system for tracking them. Yes. I feel like some I got at a pharmacy, some I got at an urgent care, and some I got at a doctor's office. And it's like, I can't remember which ones are which. I agree with you. It'd be really nice if all your health history was in one place and you could just be like, oh yeah, I got it at this time. And then not have to like take your records to the doctor's office and then be like, well, this is what I got at this pharmacy and you gave me this and then going way back to your like pediatrician to figure out what you got when you were younger. I mean, yeah. And keeping track of them like when you're moving and stuff like that too. So it's very difficult. So if you can get those to your doctor as soon as you've got them, or maybe if you have like a online charting, like, I don't know, my doctor's office has like an app called like my chart and you can like upload your history into there. So once you remember, if you could put it in there, I mean, might be helpful and useful. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So you kind of went over, you know, what vaccines are, why they're important, how they work. Why is it so important that we educate and encourage adults and older adults about the importance of age-related immunizations? And then along those same lines, what are some of the risks of not getting immunized against commonly treatable and or preventable diseases? Yeah, so... Going back to vaccines are very safe and can help keep older adults from getting serious or life-threatening diseases such as pneumonia, flu, COVID, and whooping cough. So older adults, as we know, are at a higher risk of developing serious complications from these diseases that can spread to other parts of the body and cause hospitalization or even death. Not to get heavy over here, but it's a legitimate worry, right? So for example, getting the flu if you have a heart disease increases the stress on your heart and therefore your risk of heart attack. And then if you have diabetes, the flu infection can actually raise your blood glucose to dangerous levels. And if you have impaired lung function, the infection can lead to serious respiratory illnesses. 
going back to why it's important to get it. So when more people decide not to vaccinate, the diseases the vaccines prevent against have the potential to flare up and even get out of control. So when more people get vaccinations, it makes everyone less likely to get the diseases they are vaccinated against. So this control of diseases is called herd immunity, and it basically benefits the entire community. So um, it's not only keeping yourself safe, but it's keeping those around you safe as well. Yeah, for sure. As a pharmacist, I know you've already kind of highlighted the role of the community pharmacist yeah. um, and all that, um, but what role specifically do you play in immunizations and vaccines? Sure. So although the decision to receive vaccines is still a patient's choice, as one of the most accessible healthcare professionals, pharmacists can be instrumental in providing patients with pertinent information to make informed choices when it comes to immunizations, at least in terms of the benefits as well as the risks. Pharmacists are also in a unique position to identify those patients who are in target groups for certain vaccinations. They may also be able to ease the fears of many patients by providing them with the facts as well as the significant risks associated with not being vaccinated. Although not all pharmacists will elect to obtain the certification needed to administer vaccines, pharmacists who don't administer vaccines also have an important role in promoting the importance of vaccinations in other ways, which include history and screening of a patient. They may counsel patients, documentation, and then public education and awareness. So the pharmacists that you see in retail, yes, like they're more hands-on, but there's also pharmacists on the back end of things who are providing that necessary education, keeping up to date with the new vaccines that are out there. They may even be part of making sure that the vaccines are safe and effective, you know, like part of clinical trials. So pharmacists can do that as well. When you were behind the counter years ago as a community retail pharmacist, <laughs> did you have any firsthand experience regarding like cultural considerations or hesitations when it comes to vaccines? And if yes, how did you navigate that? Yeah, so my parents and some of their friends were actually under the impression the flu vaccine will cause the flu. And as we've said before, this is not the case. You know, vaccines do not contain a live virus. So for them, it took some education and listening to their concerns to convince my parents to start getting the appropriate vaccine. And basically, I understand the hesitation and going back to not everybody's aware of what they're supposed to be getting. And if they didn't get the proper education, I understand being scared of something in your body and you're not sure of how someone's going to react or how it's going to make you feel. So just having that open mind for Listening to them and then them being open to receiving education definitely helped a lot. And then there's a lot of hesitations because of side effects. So everyone responds differently to vaccines, but most people experience mild injection site reactions such as like a low-grade fever, pain, and swelling. And all of these typically subside within a few days on their own. Vaccines are continually monitored for safety. Depending on the patient and their history, we recommend an over-the-counter pain reliever such as Tylenol or ibuprofen or a cold pack, or we say like move the arm that the vaccine was injected in to help with these side effects. And then your doctor, depending again, if you're like allergic to certain medicines, will make sure that they recommend the appropriate medication to take if you're experiencing these side effects. But we also advise patients to keep all their healthcare providers in the loop about their medications, vaccines, and medical histories to make sure that you're receiving the proper care. 
What is one takeaway you'd like the audience to consider as it relates to aging and immunizations? I've learned it's important to keep the patient involved in their own healthcare. Having a conversation and explaining the importance of vaccines for older adults can prevent long-term illnesses, hospitalizations, and death from vaccine-preventable diseases. I like to remind people that getting your vaccine protects you, but it protects the people around you too, such as infants who are too young to be vaccinated or people with weakened immune systems who are at a higher risk of severe illness. Basically, the last thing I want to say, take control of your health by making sure you're up to date on all the vaccines recommended for you. To all my listeners, thank you for tuning into this week's episode, learning about vaccines and aging. Sharing expert perspectives on various age-related topics and services can help the community learn how to plan for a healthier future. At Caregiver Consulting and Healthy Solutions, we are dedicated to helping you navigate aging together. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.